You're listening to the Whenever It Kicks podcast with Jessie Cave. That's me. I am currently pregnant with my fourth child and I am treating this podcast as a pregnancy diary. And I wanted to share with you what it's like to juggle work and finding time for each child individually whilst also preparing for a brand new baby. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy it. Hello everybody. How are you today? I am quite hormonal, actually. I am struggling a little bit with tears. Tears seem to be coming quite quickly for me at the moment. I don't know why. Um, I'm worried I'm not eating enough. Maybe that's it. I think I'm anemic. I am getting a blood test next week to confirm that. I was anemic in one of my previous pregnancies and I had a vitamin D deficiency because I'm vegan. So that's probably playing a little part in my exhaustion. But I am very excited to be here talking to you and sharing unnecessarily details about my pregnancy and my life so far. So as it stands, I'm 29 weeks pregnant with my fourth child as you might have heard or in the in the intro thing that took me about 15 tries and i am becoming it's becoming quite clear that, that this baby is coming quite soon and i really really wanted to try and document a bit more of this pregnancy because it might be my last one you never know and yeah it's it's not been the easiest pregnancy i would say so far I'll I'll take you through it from the beginning to now. And I also wanted to use this pilot episode to talk about birth and my three birth stories so far, because I have a weird fascination with people's birth stories. And I don't know, in a cathartic way, I thought it'd be nice to, to offload mine onto you. Sorry if uh, you're, you didn't sign up for this and if you you aren't pregnant or, or you, you don't want to be pregnant and you're suddenly listening to this, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but thank you for being here. Um, yeah, so I hope it's not too much information. I do probably mention the word vagina, blood, cervix, um, yeah, you know, loads of words like that. So just, just strap in, okay? Um, but yeah, this pregnancy, pregnancy four, has been probably a bit more difficult than the other three. I think maybe because I'm older. I don't know. I'm 34 now. Um, My first two pregnancies were in my 20s. I thought they were relatively straightforward. And with 10, my third baby, I definitely felt tired. And I was bleeding a little bit more than usual at the beginning, which was quite scary. So... I think whatever whatever happens in those first 12 weeks that's a little bit um, different, you kind of remember that more than the rest of the pregnancy, which might have been plain sailing. So with 10, I still think of the early pregnancy and the weird bleeding. Um, and I still associate that with, oh, it, it was, there was something wrong. When actually, no, it's completely normal to to bleed a little bit more sometimes. And yeah, anyway, I've gone really in quick with the bleeding stuff, but this pregnancy, well, I felt incredibly morning sick for the first trimester and I was filming in Serbia. And Serbia, it, for a vegan, isn't the ideal place. 
Um, so I, I think I survived on rice crackers for, to help my nausea. And I was also filming a period drama. So I was wearing a corset, which was not great. Um, and I had to go back uh, when I was probably about 17 weeks pregnant. So that by this point, I'd already developed a tiny bump because it just comes quicker, I think, as the more pregnancies you have. And the costume ladies, I think, thought, okay, what's going on? This is slightly embarrassing. She's gained some pounds. But um, yeah, I had to kind of say, I have to have the corset a bit looser, please. I'm sorry. They didn't, I didn't have to tell anyone. But yeah, it was not, it wasn't straightforward, the whole thing and flying and having a small baby because 10 was only eight months, I think, when I got pregnant. So really small. And I I think I was slightly arrogant in my want to get pregnant so quickly. And I, I, I have had moments when it's been incredibly hard in the last few months where I've thought maybe this is really stupid because it is really tiring, really, really tiring. But I am so excited and I do every day feel so grateful to be pregnant and excited about what's going to happen and who this little person's going to be and the siblings he's going to have or she's going to have. And yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm just really excited. But um, as it stands, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into my third trimester and I'm getting a bit bigger. I'm waddling. I need to go to the, to do a wee about five times an hour and it's kicking so much that at points I, you know, it gets a bit worrying. And then when it doesn't kick for a few hours, I get terrified. And that's partly why this pregnancy podcast is called Whenever It Kicks, because when I was pregnant with Donnie, my first child, I would just get so paranoid if it, if it hadn't kicked in a few hours. I would, I would do all sorts of things to try and get it moving. I would jump up and down. I would lie upside down on the sofa. I would clap. I would speak to it. I would move things around on my stomach. I would, just because I was so paranoid that that meant, they, they say, you know, if you have reduced movement, then you should be very, very, you should come in straight away. And I think that can go a bit far sometimes with the worrying. So this time I'm, I, I definitely am so busy throughout the day that I forget really to, to monitor how much it's kicking. And then when it does, it feels like it's kicking me to remind me that it's here and it's happening, which is quite nice. And it's not really until the end of the day when things are a bit quieter, I've eventually got the three of them to sleep, which is happening later and later and later and later and later and later and later, that I actually can sit back and feel it kick and have that moment with this new thing, which is really nice. I think as I've got further along into this pregnancy, I've had more respect for my mum. So my, I'm one of five. My mum had loads of pregnancies. And I just can't, I just don't know how she did it. I really don't. And I look at other women who've had more than three, four ch children. And I just, I'm astounded. I, I really am so impressed. I read about a woman, I don't remember her name now, but she's quite famous. She's a farmer and she lives up north and she's she has a program on Channel 5 about having nine kids and she gave birth to all nine in on the farm naturally and all nine are lovely. They, they, they wear cool stripy tights and play with the cows and the sheep and they seem to be having a great time and she still looks amazing. She's probably in her 40s now and 
How the hell did she have nine children? That's just amazing to me. But I think something does have to give with the more children you get, you have. And I am definitely feeling I have to sacrifice certain things with each child individually now to get through the day and make life a little bit easier. So I've definitely found that I've had less time with each of them on their own. And then when you do have that time with them on their own, it's just magical. And you realize how young they are and how how they have a completely different personality when they're not with their other siblings. And it makes me think more about my childhood and how I definitely, my, I keep saying definitely, sorry. Um, (laughs) I definitely am so formed by my siblings and you almost have a pack mentality when you're part of a bigger family. So everything is a collective effort in a way or you have to report back or you have to share your things and um, that becomes the norm. So when I see Donny on his own for in, in those rare circumstances, he's suddenly so much louder and more confident and funnier and there's just something about him that's so different to when he's with Margot and Tern and equally with Margot when she's on her own, she suddenly becomes a baby And I forget, oh my God, she is still kind of a baby. She's only five. So yeah, it's making me think about lots of things and the the pros and cons to having a huge amount of children. (laughs) So I'm now going to talk about my birth stories because I want to. Maybe I have some weird trauma still. You never know. Maybe it's my way of having some free therapy doing this podcast, but I'm going to go through Donnie's birth story on this first podcast. And on the second and the third, I'll go through Margot's and Thames. I thought that would be a, a nice thing to include in each one so far. And I also wanted to, at some point in the series, read out some things I've read, advice, maybe bits of literature, essays, letters about motherhood that have really changed me or helped me in some way. Or maybe not, maybe it's been anti-helpful and I wanted to share that with you just in case that you also were slightly angry or worried by hearing or reading these things. So that's what you have to look forward to in this series. And you never know, it might not go on for very long. I might give birth really early and suddenly this podcast is over. So I'm trying to cram in as many episodes while I can. So let's get on with it. Donnie's birth story. He was born on the 3rd of October, 2014. He was due on the 10th of, of October. So he's a bang on middle Libra, which is a good sign if you're a boy Sorry if you don't believe in star signs, but I do, especially when it comes to Libras. (laughs) So my waters broke prematurely when 10 days before he, he arrived, I was at a premiere for, I think, something to do with Dracula. It was a, it was a remake of Dracula. Now I've tried to IMDB this and I cannot find the movie. All I know is that there was a girl in it that was eerily identical to Hayden Panettiere from Heroes. 
And for the entire movie, I thought that Hayden Panettiere was starring in this movie. And I didn't understand why she didn't have more lines because it's Hayden Panettiere. Turns out it wasn't Hayden Panettiere and it wasn't a Dracula movie, but something makes me think Dracula. Anyway, I was eating some free popcorn and you know how popcorn makes you a bit bloated sometimes. This is just me. I'm just saying that for me personally. Uh, and I, I had a bit of popcorn and some fell on the floor and being gross, I leant forward to pick it up off the floor to get it and, and eat it. Don't judge me. And I think that movement made my waters break. I can't be sure, but that's the only weird movement I did to make this happen. So maybe 20 minutes later, the film ended. People clapped. We saw the stars on the stage. It was not Hayden Panettiere. And as I was walking out, suddenly I started to feel my the water go down my leg. And I thought, oh my God, I'm wetting myself. This is so embarrassing. Hayden Panettiere might see me. But it was too much water for it to be a wee. <laughs> and I was laughing, thinking, oh, this is, this is funny. What is this? What is this? It's definitely not my water's breaking. And then a friend I was with was like, I think that's your water's breaking. And I said, no, but it's, it's not tonight. Alfie's watching Liverpool. So it's not tonight. And I was nowhere near ready. I still hadn't bought anything because I was too paranoid to buy anything, which has carried through to my other pregnancies. I'm too paranoid to buy anything until the baby's actually here, which I'm trying to change because you should prepare. So I rang Alfie and I said, I think... I think my waters are breaking. I think we have to go into hospital. And he said, oh, really? Well, Liverpool is still playing. And I said, yeah, I know. I, I wanted to go to Roses and have some calamari. I wasn't vegan back then. I thought, do I have time to have some calamari? Could we go for dinner? And I, I thought, okay, we can't risk it. So I made Alfie calm and we, we excitedly went to the hospital thinking, oh my God, this is happening. But... The hospital said, no, 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 go away. Come back when your contractions start. And if they don't start by tomorrow afternoon, then you have to come in and be induced because it's too risky. The water's breaking means the baby's got more chance of an infection. So just just keep an eye on it and come back in the next day. So we did loads of things o overnight. Um, it was our last night, just the two of us, although it never really had been the two of us because of the... Um, the baby being a, a one night stand baby and us always having a, uh, yeah, it turns out we only had one night, just us. <laughs> anyway, we, yeah, we did lots of things. My water still didn't break. I was wetting myself constantly. I had to wear a nappy. It was very strange. And then we went in the next afternoon and again, they were like, well, nothing's really happening, but you can't leave now because we have to give you antibiotics. So let's put you upstairs give you the antibiotics and see what happens. So the only room they had available, this was at UCH, this is in uh, Houston, was on the labor ward. So no, not on the labor ward, on the, on the ward where you already have your baby. So you've successfully had your baby and you, you're allowed to go into that, that ward. Now I realize the significance, significance of that ward, because with 10, which I'll talk about later, you know, I didn't get to go to that ward immediately. It was a, it was felt like a, a huge, a huge step going into that, in, onto that ward. Anyway, 
we were in this ward with the new babies around us. We couldn't see them. We could only hear them through the thin curtains whilst we just waited. I did some doodles. I did a doodle about my waters breaking. I cannot believe I had the wherewithal to do doodles as I was technically kind of in labor. We waited and waited and waited. And then eventually they said, right, we're going to have to induce you. And because induction is usually more painful, they suggested I get an epidural. I wish I'd had the knowledge. I wish I'd done a bit more prep to say no to that. I, I didn't want an epidural, but I, I was told I should have one. So I did it. The epidural means you basically have to lie down all day and you feel something happening, but you don't feel the pain of the contractions. The epidural going in, I remember being horrible. Uh, and I, I also, I'm, I'm a mover. I like to move around and potter around and do things. So it was horrible to have to just be in a room and on a bed all day as nothing really was happening. I was having the occasional contraction, but nothing. Alfie and my family went for a, an honest burger down the road. He wasn't vegan then either. I had a little sleep and then it suddenly got to about 10 PM and still nothing had happened. This was on the 3rd of October. Uh, they said, okay, well, if, if something doesn't happen soon, we're going to have to think about cesarean or I don't know why, but suddenly I think my body in, in panic of having a cesarean started to dilate and suddenly I was 10 centimeters and it was about quarter to midnight and very quickly it was clear that I was going to have to push, but I couldn't feel pushing because with an epidural, you just can't feel anything. So nothing was really happening, but I was meant to be pushing. His heart rate was dropping. They were worried. They they kept saying, we're going to have to go to have a cesarean. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But you, you know, you either have to really push now or we're going to have to cut you or go for the cesarean. And I was just terrified of being cut. I now realize that that's a normal thing. You know, an episiomostomy. Um but at that point, I didn't know. I just thought, why is she going to cut me with those scissors? So I, I managed and the baby came out and he was completely white. I didn't see him. I didn't actually see him. Sorry. I was lying there because very quickly it was clear that he wasn't crying. Twelve doctors rushed in on an alarm thing. I was lying there thinking, this cannot be happening. What is going on? Alfie very sweetly went over and took a photo of the baby and came to show me so I could see him for the first time. And I just remember thinking, he's so white. He's so white. What's happened? He was like red and like blotchy. And I just thought, what's happening? What's happening? And then eventually it felt like forever, but it must have only been a few seconds. He was, he was crying. And then he was here. So it was, it was as, as it stands, I think that is quite a normal birth story. And I was very lucky. But at the time, it felt quite intense, the fact that he wasn't crying when he came out. And actually, now I know that it's quite normal for babies not to cry. And even if they do cry, that doesn't necessarily mean things are okay. It's so weird what you hear over the years and you hold on to. Like, the baby has to cry the second he comes out. And if he doesn't, then you're fucked. But that's not true. But we were very, very lucky that everything ended up being okay and I think because I couldn't breastfeed, like initially he wouldn't take to my boob. I think my boob wasn't ready for milk. 
I think there is something to be said for having babies slightly early, even though it's not classed as premature pre after 37 weeks. I think, I think he wasn't ready to come out and my body wasn't ready for him to come out. I think going for that piece of popcorn really fucked us up, but everything's okay. And actually in terms of birth out of the three, that was number two. Margot's was definitely the best, which I'll get to next week. But that was num- that was uh, in second place. Isn't that bad? So I hope I haven't put you off so far. My pregnancy podcast and, and birth in general. I really hope that if you are pregnant and you're a bit scared and a bit worried, you are reading as much as possible and listening to as many different stories as possible because there there are so many ways it could go and. To have an open mind as you go into birth and pregnancy, I think is the best way to go about it because there is no right way and things might go this way or that way and you, you will, you will be fine. You will cope. You will deal with it. So I am, I am looking forward to speaking to you next time on episode two. And I really am grateful for you listening to me ramble. Take care. I've never said take care. Sorry. Okay, I'm just going to go now. (laughs) Thank you for listening and speak soon.